to Tea Time Alchemy Podcast. So, I want to go on a journey with you today to reconnect with our body and to bring body and mind together. So right now, I ask you to take a deep breath, a few deep belly breaths, and to just be aware of the feeling quality of your body, the feeling quality of your whole body. Try to bring your attention to not just a certain body part, but to your whole body. How does it feel to be in your body right now? How's your experience of your body right now? Whenever your mind wanders off, just bring it back to the object of attention, the object of concentration. Try to be really aware of your whole body, your whole being. Not with thinking. Imagine having a flashlight. Your awareness, your attention is a flashlight. And you point that flashlight on your body. That flashlight is not thinking. You're not thinking about your body. But you're just being aware of it. With no thought. If thought comes up, that's totally okay. But try to bring all of your attention to your body. And rest in your body. Try to feel the stillness of your body. Okay, beautiful. Now... What I want to ask you is, how different do you feel when you do that compared to your normal day life, compared to half an hour ago, compared to one hour ago? How far are you disconnected from your body? How far away is your mind, your thoughts, your mind stream, the fantasies, all the stuff that's running through your mind, your monkey mind, how far away is that from where your body is actually at? Now, this tool I've just shared with you, which is called body-based meditation, using the body as an object of meditation, is a very powerful solution to a real, real big problem we have nowadays. Now, how often do you have symptoms or anxiety or some kind of weird emotions or pains in your body or whatever? It could be freaking pimples on your back. How often do you have stuff that you simply, you don't know where it's coming from. You feel your body's doing stuff and your experience is doing stuff that you can't really relate to. You don't feel connected to it. It's just there. And it could be food. Maybe you have belly pain, cramping, diarrhea, all kinds of stuff. But you don't know where it's coming from. Of course, those are the people I work with the most. The people I work with as a holistic health coach are people that have problems in their body from chronic pain to depression, anxiety, uh, digestive issues, parasites, whatever, and they don't know where these problems are coming from. Now, it is my belief that the root of all these problems is not specific things we do, specific toxins only, but it's really the disconnect of our body and our mind. Now, the disconnect results largely out of the big, big, big value we give to to the intellect, to thinking, to thoughts. We in the modern society, we value words, thinking, intelligence, especially intellectual, mathematical, logical intelligence, much more than any, any other thing. People that are working on a farm, for example, that are working in gardens, they get paid much less than than people working on computers, working with their intellectual knowledge, 
We don't value physical work so much anymore. We don't value our body so much anymore. How much time do most people give to actually prepare a meal for themselves, to cook for themselves, to eat properly, to stretch, to actually be with their bodies? Now, on my very first ayahuasca ceremony, uh, which is plant medicine uh, used largely in the Amazon regions in Peru, I had a profound experience and the medicine was starting to kick in and what I found where I found myself was sitting on the ground on the hard ground and just being with my body and they started to massage my feet I started to stretch intuitively but I didn't really think about what I did I didn't really think about oh I'm gonna do this I'm gonna do that I just was with my body and I felt all the pain of it I felt all the struggle all the the stress in my body in my organs they really started to do body work on myself just intuitively and just out of the moment just through the medicine and what i realized in that moment is really how little time we spend with the vehicle for this life's experience our body is the vehicle we are in our body we don't say i am the body but we actually say it is my body i own it my soul my ego, whatever, this being, this Nico inside of me owns this body and if I cut off an arm, I didn't lose a part of myself really, but I lost a part of my body. So the main problem is that we live in a society that overvalues intellectual knowledge, the intellect and thinking that uses so much social media and smartphones and computers nowadays that when we are sitting in front of a computer or we're staring on our smartphone, our mind is doing something completely different from our body. We might not even notice that we sit in a shitty posture, that we actually have some pain. Uh, we might need to pee for the last hour, but we don't even notice it because we're such in a, in a hypnotic state on the computer. So we're, we're getting more and more out of touch with our body. Another problem is the idea of doing our society values doing and not being. Our society values getting shit done. And I value that a lot, of course. It's important to get shit done. But the problem is, once we value doing more than being, just being and existing and enjoying the moment, enjoying our lives, what happens is we start to plan and to plan and to pack our schedules. And our schedules nowadays are so packed that we really... We're just doing. We don't even have time to do being, in a way. To just be. To just drink a cup of tea and not having to worry about bills, taxes, uh, work, schedules, clients, uh, all that stuff, family stuff, caring for children, uh, sports events, all the things we, we pack our days with, TV shows, all this stuff we're doing to keep us away from being with ourselves because the pain of just being with ourselves is so huge for most people that it creates anxiety in them even the idea of just being of not having to do something creates anxiety in them i know a lot of people that actually fear holiday in a way they fear having free time so what they do is when they have holiday they pack it so full with stuff be it like with eating foods being in the hotel getting massage uh, traveling around, doing this, doing that, doing this, 
just to pack the holiday so full they don't, so they don't have to spend time with their insects. Now, what results out of that is really what we could call attention deficit disorder or ADHD. And we all have it to a certain degree, this problem. And I talked about this in other podcasts, is this problem of being able to hold attention, to hold concentration on the given task at hand. Now, this is of course a big trouble with smartphones and computers because everything we do is really multitasking. We always have a phone with us, oh, there's somebody calling, there's this stuff going on. Tight work schedules, tight schedules for everything. TV, televisions that show all kinds of shit at the same time we're on a smartphone, at the same time we're trying to eat. How many people do you know that actually sit down with their meal and eat and don't do anything else? I don't know a lot of people. Now, how many people do you know that actually sit down with their meal, eat, and their mind, their thoughts, is with the meal? They're not thinking about work, they're not thinking about holiday or something else or some shit or some stressor they have, but they're actually with the meal, either thinking about the meal or even better, just being aware of eating without thinking. Now, last podcast I talked about flow states and this is really the experience of a flow state. You're doing something and you're fully with it. To get back into contact with our body, to get back into connection of body and mind. So actually when our body is doing or needing something or we're just being, so we're just sitting, that our mind is connected to that and our mind does the same thing. So we're not multitasking. We're not walking in a forest, let's say, let's say and at the same time thinking about work. We're not cooking and preparing a meal and at the same time we're thinking about what television show we, we watch afterwards or how crappy our boss is or how we need more money. But we're cooking and we're actually cooking and doing nothing else, not thinking about it, something else. That is a real connection of body and mind. What happens when we have this connection of body and mind is that we always know what our body needs. We're in contact with our body, like, like with the, the small exercise I shared with you at the beginning where you try to be aware of your body. You'll feel what your body needs. You might feel tight muscles. Oh, I need to stretch. You might feel some sort of trigger points. Oh, I want to get a massage. You might feel, oh, I'm really dry and my body really needs water, good hydration. Oh, I need to drink something. You might feel a little weak and a little uh, unstable from your, from an energy standpoint. Oh, you might need a balanced, healthy meal. You might have stomach pain. Oh, maybe it's the gluten burger I just ate before. Maybe it's the nuts I had before. But you will be much more able to actually feel into your body's needs and to recognize what it is that you need to not only stay healthy, but to, to create real happiness for yourself. Happiness is based in a connection of body and mind. Really, being a split-up person, being split up in body and mind means your body is constantly doing something, your mind is traveling somewhere else. Happiness cannot be there. Try to think about the most happy moments of your life, the most blissful, most enjoyable moments. It could be when you were sitting on a mountain with a campfire, watching the stars. Were you thinking that moment about work? Or were you thinking about 
what you need to do next week or how crappy your life is or whatever. No, it's very likely that the most happiest, the happiest moments of your life were really moments where you just spend the time being aware of whatever was there. Remember the first dates you had, the first uh, experience you had with your partner or with a beautiful woman or a beautiful man. How exciting it was, how much pleasure it gave to you. But I'm quite sure that you didn't spend time thinking about something else or someone else where you had that most amazing date, that most amazing dinner with a person. No, you were just there experiencing the candlelight, the beautiful smile and the beautiful laughter of the other person, the beautiful touch, the beautiful being with him. Now, at the beginning, I share with you a beautiful tool, the body-focused or uh, using the body as an object meditation. So it's quite a simple tool. What you do is you just sit in meditation with a straight back and good and healthy posture. The posture will keep you awake. You can close your eyes for that or you can keep them open, whatever you like. And just relax for a moment. Take a few deep breaths to calm down. And then, like a steering wheel, like you're steering the wheel of a car, you turn your attention, your concentration on your body. You use your awareness, your body, to actually feel, experience your whole body as one piece, as one experience. And you stay with it. And what will happen is that after five seconds, maybe, maybe just one second, maybe a minute, depending on how good you are in concentration, your mind will wander off, will wander off to do something else. And what you have to do then is you tie your mind. It's called the elephant, the elephant of the mind, the wild elephant racing or the monkey mind. You tie it to a string and you bring it back. You just bring it back to the object of meditation. You bring it back to your body. So this is really a practice of bringing mind and body together. Your body is sitting in meditation posture. You want your mind to be with your body. So your mind should be just sitting as well, sitting in silence. And if we can't do that, and the harder it is for us to do that, the greater it shows us the disconnect of body and mind. So we need to practice it. There's no way around it. We need to practice with the thing that is actually the problem. So if you can't connect body and mind, if you can't just sit still and be with yourself and be happy that way, you need the practice of it. Now, this you can, of course, do this bringing your attention to your body with lots of different things. Now, you, could, you don't, don't need to sit in meditation. You could do a walking meditation and you just be aware of the walking, of the feeling of your feet on the ground, the lifting, the first touch of the heel, the rolling, your hips, the whole experience of the walking. Do it barefoot, barefoot outside, even better, barefoot outside in a forest somewhere uh, in an environment that actually supports your awareness, that supports the attention, to bring the attention to your body. Now, you can do something really uh, helpful here, and that is that. Increase the difficulty of the thing you're doing. So, for example, if I tell you to do an overhead lunge, so you the lunge movement, you're doing a lunge or some kind of exercise, let's say a squat, and you're holding a kettlebell over your head, single arm, and 
you lift the kettlebell bottoms up so you hold it in your hand so the end, the heavy end, sticks up. So it's really, really hard to balance the kettlebell and to hold it up and you do a squat. This movement will take so much attention for you. It will take so much uh, awareness to actually be able to do the movement that your whole attention needs to be there. You can't be thinking about something else when balancing on something. So training and exercise and movement training and really what research shows is that whenever we hit that edge, those, uh, those edges of our capacity, we go slightly over it. So we're learning new stuff, whatever it is, could be juggling balls, could be balancing on a balance beam, could be um, the slack line, if you know that. It could be learning a new skill like Tai Chi or a certain movement or handstands. All these practices will require us to actually bring attention to the practice of the movement so we'll, we'll be able to learn. The more attention we need to bring to it, the less um, capacity our mind has to be traveling somewhere else. So really exercise and movement in itself and meditation can be two very, very powerful practices to bring back the connection of body and mind, to bring us back into our body. That's why a lack of movement, especially for people that work lots on, on computers, is a huge problem. It's a huge problem and creates this huge disconnect, this huge stressor of your mind constantly traveling, your body actually needing something, but your body's inable, uh, inable unable to actually tell you, or you're not listening at least, because your mind is somewhere else. You don't even you don't even notice when you need to poop. You don't even notice when you need food. You don't even notice what kind of food you need. You don't even notice your shitty shitty posture. You don't even notice that you actually need to stretch or stretch out a little bit, stand up from the desk and take a few deep belly breaths. You don't notice all these things because you're disconnected, because your mind is overriding, is overworking all the, um, the voices of your body, really. Now, Talking about food, we talked about now bringing awareness to your body with things like Qigong, yoga, meditation, walking meditation, exercise, stretching, all these different practices that you can use to bring attention back to the body. The next one would be diet. Diet is a very powerful healing practice. Eating in accordance with your body, practicing intuitive eating is a very powerful practice. And trust me, I know a lot of people that say they eat intuitively and so on, this and this. But intuitive eating is not something you can just do. It's not something you can just learn in a month. It takes years and years of practice. But it's one of the most valuable practices we have because you are what you eat. So your body is constantly talking to you. What kind of nutrients, what kind of foods he really wants. But our minds are so disconnected that we misunderstand these messages so instead of a fresh mango full of enzymes, natural sugars, and and uh, healthy water hydrating, we might eat fucking jelly gums. Or we might drink a soda pop, because we think it gives us the same. But your body isn't really speaking to you in ways of, I want to have a burger, I want to have a hot dog, I want to have Coca-Cola. Your body is speaking to you in ways of, I need enzymes. I need this and this nutrient, I need magnesium, I need minerals, I need vitamins, I need some freshness, I need some water, 
I need some protein, some heavy meats. I need something to fill me up. I need fat, whatever. And your body's speaking to you. So the first step in intuitive eating, how I practice it and teach it, is food logging. Keeping a food log and writing down what you eat and what you ate and how you feel after the meal, how you feel throughout the day, how your poop was. And just noting down a few things will bring you back into contact with the reality of what you're actually doing to your body, what your body is actually made out of. And it gives you the opportunity to actually make correlations. And this is still very much intellectual thought based, but not only. You start to bring more attention, more awareness to your body. How am I feeling? How do I recover from my workouts? How do I recover from my training and my sport? How am I feeling emotionally? And you write it down, you can start to correlate it with the foods you've eaten. Holy shit, last two days I've just been at McDonald's and ate pizza and I feel depressed and I feel lazy and sluggish and I have pain everywhere in my body. My workout felt like shit. Hey, that's a very powerful first learning experience. So then you change something. You say, okay, you try to listen to your body and feel into it. What is it actually that my body needs? And it might be that your body needs some fresh vegetables, some salad, maybe a freshly made juice, carrot juice, whatever. It might be you've been vegetarian, vegan for a long time. Your body is getting thinner and thinner and you're weaker. Your hormonal system doesn't work anymore. You might not get your period, whatever, all these things. You might be very stressed out. Oh, your body wants cortisol, it wants animal fat, it wants maybe some animal protein. Maybe you've eaten way too much meat and your body's all inflamed and whatever. But you start to notice these things. You start to notice it, them if you bring your attention to your body and if you actually make a practice out of it. Now, I had a lot of people ask me, how do you actually practice personal development with diet? Let's say I work with a nutrition and we're going for personal development stuff, emotional healing. And they ask me, how can I use the tools I have with nutrition to actually work with emotions, work with this? And I, uh, one thing I always say, it's the same. Working with your diet and being able to listen to your body is more than just working with diet. It's reconnecting body and mind. And if you are able to notice when your body needs stretching, when your body needs exercise, when your body needs rest, when your body needs sleep, when you need a nap, when you need to disconnect from other people, if you start to notice these things, you notice everything else. Even if you just start to notice your body needs a freaking mango, you'll be able to start to feel that your body may need some alone time, that your soul needs some alone time. The way you do one thing, you do anything and everything. So these are all very powerful, very, very powerful and important aspects of healing, of staying healthy, but for me, most important, of happiness, of being happy. For me, yeah, I'm an holistic health coach, but really, I don't care about health, I care about happiness. And the, th the thing is that I know that health and caring for yourself in healthy ways is a very, very important building block, maybe the most important building block of what it means to be happy. The next one would be to live your dream. To have your mind and your body connected means that you're actually able not only to live your dreams, 
but that you're actually able to be aware of your dreams, that you're actually able to experience your dreams. How many of you have experienced these times where you've been waiting for a holiday or a retreat or a certain kind of meal or whatever, uh, waiting for a date, dinner, something to happen, and somehow when the thing happened, you were not fully present. You were not fully with it, but you were still stuck in your mind and you were actually missing out on the opportunity to experience life at its fullest and to juice and to milk the moment that you've been waiting for. Now, this is the story of way too many successful people. I've been coaching way too many people that had huge success with what they wanted or thought they wanted to achieve. And once they've uh, had the, the achievement of it and the success, they were so, still so caged in their monkey mind, so caged and disconnected to their bodily and physically physical experience of the now that they didn't even enjoy it. It was just happening. Yeah, suddenly they are rich. Suddenly they have that business that they dreamt of. Suddenly they're doing the thing that they always wanted, but somehow they can't even experience it. They can't even bring joy to it or milk it. And this is very sad. So being connected to our experience from the present, the now, to the now, to the now, to the now. There's just now. There's nothing else. And not being stuck in our minds, in our head all day long, is really the most important ingredient of happiness. And to do that, and to practice this, includes health, it includes self-care, it includes self-love, it includes relationships and how you handle relationships, it includes values and your legacy and working towards your dream. But you're not doing all those things in the future and just in your mind, but you're actually doing them here right now. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you take something with you, especially if you're working on the laptop, on the computer, having smartphone. Try to implement what I talked about. Try to not keep it just heady, but try to, to really get aware of and be aware of your body's needs. And try to schedule in time to actually be with your body. Try to schedule in some unbound time, some unplanned time, some real free time. Not filled with television, not filled with shores, not filled with errands and shopping and shit. Filled with nothing. Filled with the emptiness of possibility. Filled with nothing but time. And it could be just one hour a day. It's a good start. I recommend more. But I don't need to recommend it. Because once you get a taste of it. And you really be with yourself in that hour. You will want more. And you realize that all the things that we value so much. Work money, success, sex, cars, all this stuff we value is worth nothing if you don't have the ability to just sit down on the couch, on your balcony, and watch the tree and the birds like an old person sitting on a bench in the city and just being with themselves, just doing nothing. Make yourself a tea. Just hang out. But do something like that. Be aware of your body during the day. When you need to pee, go pee. When you need to poop, go poop. 
when you need some stretching, stretch. Don't schedule everything out. Make time for things. Schedule in peace points and schedule in reminders and maybe an alarm on your phone that goes on every hour. That reminds you of connecting to your body and to your soul and to your needs. So you actually take the time to listen. And the only thing you need to do then is to not only listen, but to act accordingly. To listen to your body and your needs and to act accordingly. To give yourself what you need. And stop finding excuses. Stopping to say, oh, I don't have time to stand up and do a few stretches. I don't have time to take 10 deep breaths or a few squats. I don't have time for rest now. I need to finish this work, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that's all excuses, but for what? What is it that you really want? You want happiness. You cannot create happiness with work. You cannot create happiness with anything but being in the present, being in the now. And once you do that, and once you understand that, I'm still working on that for sure. I forget it again and again. But once we truly understand that, we are going to be more efficient in work with less time. We are going to be more happy at work and thereby even more efficient. We're going to be more creative. We're going to be more powerful. We're going to be more energetic. And work won't take away from our family life. Because we come home from work energized and happy and share stories with our family. We don't feel like crap and just want to sit in front of the TV and do nothing. So, much love and peace. And I hope you take time to feel your whole being. And to fill your whole being with your, tr- with your truest and most authentic needs. Much love and peace. And see you next time.